Amen. What a blessing. Amen. Uh, I think that's something we've got to guard and we've got to protect in them that they never, ever grow out of needing the Bible. Uh, it's a shame that we had to grow up, isn't it? Uh, I'm kind of like Peter Pan, to be honest with you. I don't want to. I'm 43 and I'm fighting 44. I don't want to go to 44. I'm going far as I want to go. I was talking to one of our families this morning and we were talking about kids and dealing with kids about their salvation and excited to see what God's doing, kids being saved, wanting to be saved. And uh, I said, you know, I kind of like talking to kids more than I like talking to adults. Uh, a lot of my ministry, over half of my ministry dealt with kids and teenagers and what I love about them is they're just honest and uh, they haven't learned how to creatively lie about the truth. You know, they've learned how to, we learn how to cover it up as we get older and uh, I'm thankful for our kids, and I tell you, every time they sing, pray for them, pray for them. They're growing up in a world that you didn't grow up in, and uh, you're more equipped now as a Christian to handle the world we're living in, but uh, they're going into this world less equipped, and we need to make sure we do our best to equip them and make sure they're ready, and uh, Lord has great plans for them, I know, and I hope we'll help cultivate that here at our church, encourage them. I mean that. They need all the encouragement they can get because they're going to get discouraged in the world. Uh, they're going to get discouraged by their friends, sometimes even by family. And uh, here's a church family. We need to be kind of an incubator for that. Let's cultivate our young people who are wanting to serve the Lord and walk with Him. I talked to Miss Kim earlier. I think she said about 14 of them. Uh, those kids earned their pen this month for reading their Bible, remembering their Bible verses this month. And uh, what a blessing that is, and uh, I'm excited about them uh, being so faithful to that, and uh, you just keep encouraging them in that. Uh, tonight, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, we're going to be at Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I know we have some things going on right after the service, a few meetings, ministry meetings, and uh, some other needs to take care of right after the service. I don't want to uh, keep you any longer tonight than we need to. Uh, I did a little go over a little more this morning than I intended. Uh, but uh, I asked my wife on the, uh, after church, I said, did I say too much? And uh, she says, no. And I said, okay, well, if, if it goes too long tonight, just blame her because she said it was all right. Uh, but uh, I appreciate your patience and I appreciate your obedience. And we're going to talk a little bit about church tonight. not going to go too terribly deep. I uh, just want to give you a little challenge as we really are wrapping up our first month of our theme. You think about that, obviously we kind of started off halfway through the month, but one month is almost down in this new year, uh, about 8% maybe about our new year, going on 10% of the year is already gone. And I pray that you can look back already in the two weeks since we have launched our theme and see where you've taken some steps. And I hope that you're allowing the Word of God to speak to you. And then you take that Word, you hide it in your heart. That's our responsibility as the people of God. And we come to the house of God, which we're going to talk about tonight, that we don't just take the Word of God and we try to pick out what we need. We allow the Holy Spirit of God to tell us what we need. I don't know if you know this, but you and I are biased to ourselves, and we don't always know what we need. I thank God for the Holy Spirit who helps us know what we need, and we've got to receive what we need, though, apply it to our heart, and then allow the Lord to apply that to our life. We're going to look at that tonight, really in a generalized message about coming to church, and about how church is there to help us become ready and more ready to be used of God. Ecclesiastes 5, if you're there, let's go ahead and stand if you don't mind. I did hear that, I was at Brother Sam, got hit by a drop of water uh, this afternoon. Sam, where are you at? Didn't you get hit by a drop of water? Amen. He's the big winner today. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Go by the bookstore and they'll give you some Mentos or something like that for 
uh, getting hit by a leak. I am excited, though. Yesterday in our, our prayer breakfast, talked to our men about our men just getting together uh, every so often. We're going to have work days here on our property. And that was a time as a young person I used to enjoy that very much, coming up on Saturdays every so often and getting to do some work. And then uh, yesterday we talked about in our prayer breakfast taking ownership. Amen. The Lord has allowed us to be stewards of this building, and uh, we're going to get these leaks fixed. But Dad said it's going to take about three or four day, dry days in order to get them fixed. And if you look at the forecast, that won't be anytime soon. So we might have another winter, all right? You just hang around. The more rain, the better your chance to win. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse number 1. Let's pick up as Solomon talks about worship a little bit here in verse 1. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. And we're going to stop there and pray. Father, I do thank you again for the great privilege to open your word. And Lord, I do come before you tonight looking forward to what you have for me. And Lord, I know that I need what you have for us tonight. And Lord, my heart's desire is united with our people here this year. I desire to be more ready when I leave here tonight than I was when I came. And I know that I can't do that without hearing from you and receiving your word and being changed by that. And so I pray that right now, each and every one of us would set aside the cares of life, things that might be in our heart or mind that would distract us, and help us, Lord, to hear from you and to leave here more ready, equipped to do your will and more ready to meet you when you come. Bless the invitation. Lord, I pray that we would just be responsive. If there's one lost, make that clear during the message and help them come and be saved. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Obviously, tonight we're dealing with Solomon, and uh, Solomon, uh, the context of this is very important as we, we too gather together tonight to worship the Lord, and uh, Solomon gives this challenge here. He is obviously speaking about the temple and about uh, the worship of God and is charging them with a reminder of how they should come into the presence of God, preparing to worship uh, and preparing to, be, to hear from God. Uh, I don't know about you, but just about anything that I do, uh, at first it's always something very exciting. When I do something new, it excites me. I'm excited about it. I get all in. Uh, when I do something, I'm all in on it. Uh, I want to sell out to it, be the best at it that I can be. Maybe not be as good as you or somebody else in something, but I want to sell out and I'm excited about it. And then over time, the natural tendency of the human nature is to allow things to kind of taper off, right? The things that were maybe once an honor to us become an obligation to us. Can we relate to that? Uh, think about things that were once a privilege to you. Uh, and I won't go into a lot of depth, but I do think about maybe those early days when we were seeing our future spouse-to-be, and man, we were just excited to be around them, weren't we? Right? All right, now come on. I know you're thinking, I'm fixing to walk into a trap by what I say here. Can we just be honest? Let's be those kids. Let's just be honest tonight. And man, I remember Leslie and I, we had a three-hour, we were three hours apart, and I didn't get to see her a lot, and so we would talk on the phone a lot, and we would email. That's how we kind of talk to each other, you know, through email. I know, gosh, I never thought that I would feel old, but I do now, but Steve's dying over here, you know. I know now we have, you know, FaceTime and all of that, but we had an email. My wife, my, my fiance at the time, 
printed off every email that I ever sent her. Uh, and I would send her little post-it notes, and literally a post-it note in the mail. And when I went and visited her at her house, she had all those post-it notes uh, put at different places. And, and man, we'd just sit there on the phone, and nobody wanted to say goodbye. Anybody remember that, those days? Come on now. You just, you just listen to each other breathe. Well, maybe you weren't as in love as I am. You almost thought I said were, right? No, as I am. Man, I didn't want to hang up. She didn't want to hang up. Man, it was just a privilege to talk to her. And, and then when I got to see her, oh, my goodness gracious, what a blessing that was. And uh, having a friend who owned a helicopter, uh, she did. It was awesome because he would just fly her into Prentice, Mississippi, and I'd go up to the airport and pick her up. And it was a blessing that my brother was dating a girl whose dad is his wife now. He owned the helicopter. And so I'll say, hey, don't you want to see her, your, your girl this week? Yeah, man, it's been a while. I was really just trying to get him to get my girl down so I could see her. And just excited about that, being her presence. And, you know, after we're married for a little while, we get busy with life, and maybe we don't appreciate our spouse like we should. Could we agree with that? Uh, sometimes things kind of get old to us a little bit, and we have to rekindle that fire. And whether you want to admit it or not tonight, that's a natural tendency. Uh, the book of Revelation, what did he say? You've left your first love, that first fire, all right? It's a tendency for all of us to do that. And I'm afraid that sometimes that tendency comes into our worship a little bit. Uh, that we lose that, that grandeur and we lose that great privilege of worship that sometimes worship becomes an obligation rather than an honor. Look, it's raining on a Sunday night. I'll be honest with you. I don't doubt you and I don't doubt your faith, but I was afraid we're, our numbers were going to drop off heavily tonight. And I kept watching the parking lot and folks just kept pulling in, pulling in, pulling in. It's a blessing to me that you're here. Why? Because it takes a little extra effort to get here on a rainy night. I'm just being honest with you. It does. You didn't have to come. You could have used the rain, and you're here, and that's a blessing. But I want to challenge us a little bit tonight, as Solomon is doing here, on this subject of worship. Now, I want you to understand, we're not going to go super deep into this. This will not be the last time uh, that we take our theme and pair it up with the thought of, of worship, but we're going to do that just tonight. Uh, something that's amazing to me is how some people will come to church, and I can't go by your faces all the time. Uh, okay, and I'm thankful for that because some of you, uh, some of you just look like you hate my gut sometime, to be honest with you, when I look out from here. And uh, somebody told me a while back, that's my thinking face. I'm like, okay, that's my deal. I'll be sitting up here sometimes and people think I'm mad. I'm not mad. It's hard for me to think and smile at the same time. Okay? Some of you are like, well, that comes natural to me. Well, some of us have to work hard at things in life, okay? I'll be sitting up here thinking about something, thinking about the words on a song, and people are thinking, well, he hates the song. I'm thinking about the song, okay? If I hate the song, I would just give a thumbs down, all right? Just let you know I don't like it. Now, folks, when we come to church, sometimes we sit here, and sometimes we receive what God wants us to receive, and sometimes I'm afraid we miss out on what God wants us to receive. Because we come to church with a mindset of an obligation rather than honor of coming and being in God's house with God's people. Uh, sometimes I will uh, talk to people after church like, man, the Lord spoke to my heart today. God gave me what I needed. It was so good to be in church today. And on the other hand, you look at somebody and they're barely awake sliding over in their chair. And I'm thinking to myself, how could that be? How could that be that somebody leaves with something and somebody else uh, is just ready to leave? <laughs> Can I tell you how? It's the mindset they came to church with. The ones who leave with something came looking for something. 
And the ones who leave empty-handed don't come looking for anything. You say, well, it depends on the preacher. No, the Word of God's the Word of God. It's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. You can get something out of the Word of God. It didn't matter if we got one of our kiddos up here and got him a stool and just let him read the Word of God. God could speak to you through that tonight if you came looking for something. It's like the little boy. Uh, the boy went with his dad to a church plant. They were planting a church out in the middle of the country. And I only had two or three or four people that were coming at the time. And the dad would always try to prime the, you know, they had the offering tables up there and had the plates. And the dad would always try to prime the plate, you know, like priming a pump. And the dad would walk by on his way to the pulpit and he would drop a quarter in there just to kind of help folks understand, hey, that you got to, you know, we're, we're giving an offering here. And after the service, since the pastor was the only one there planning the work, he would go by and empty out the offering plate and put it in the little bag. And every time he'd go out, he'd empty out the offering plate. It was that same quarter. Finally, one day, the little boy's dad looked up at his dad. He says, Dad, you know, you might not be so disappointed every time you empty it out if you put more in it next time. Because all that he was getting out of it, what he was putting into it. And sometimes that's the way church is. We come to church. This is an obligation. You're just here because you know what? That's what we're supposed to do on Sunday night. Oh, you're going to miss out on what God wants for you. God has something for you tonight. Look, it is far beyond what I have prepared in an outline. I assure you of that. It always amazes me how God works in different people's lives, doing different things, giving grace for certain needs, giving direction for certain questions, and oftentimes are things that I didn't even say. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Why? Because he knew you were going to be here. And he's prepared something for you. So as we come, we've got to have the right mindset on worship. And as we look at Solomon here, he's charging them, he's challenging them on the mindset that they should bring to worship of the Lord. And we're going to look at that tonight here just for a few minutes about this mindset that we come to worship and the thought of being ready in worship, all right? I believe if we're going to worship the Lord as he would have us to, and boy, we could spend months on worship and we'll go more into it here in the next few weeks, we've got to have the right mindset. The Bible says about Nehemiah, the people, that great work that God did through them was done because they had a mind to work. They came with a mindset to work. They didn't show up on the job site there at the walls of Jerusalem thinking, man, I can't wait to get done. Now, I've done that before, all right? Used to work construction, cold days, rainy days, hot summer days, uh, you know, love bug days. I remember some of those. Those were the worst days to go work. You pick up the skill saw and your hand is just covered in dead love bugs. Just horrible. And sometimes I came to work to leave work, all right? And uh, I'm sure those were not, and my dad can validate this, maybe were not my most productive days. Now, God desires to work in our service, but our mindset is crucial. So tonight, I want to show you how to be ready in worship. And basically, what Solomon is getting them to, to do is to be ready in their heart and their mind when they come to worship. So let's look at a few things tonight, if we could. Look down to verse 1. The Bible says, keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. Now, pause right there before I give you the first point. He's talking to them about before they go to the house of God. To keep thy foot, what did he say? When thou goest to the house of God. So he's literally preparing them, okay? He's telling them as you go to the house of God that you need to be ready and prepared before you go to the house of God. Now, I love the fact that Solomon is putting such a great privilege on worship. He says you need to be ready before you get there. All right, now, we're not talking about your little card that we gave out two weeks ago. It's going to be fully filled out when you come to church. But what you ought to be ready for is ready to worship. 
That's what he's telling them there. Keep by foot when thou goest to the house of God. Now, we never know all that God desires to do in the service. That's one of the most exciting things to me. That as we pray and as we prepare to preach a message, I have no clue what God desires to do. And by the way, I have no idea of the majority of things that God does. Because God does them in that hidden man of the heart. I don't know how God wants to work in your life tonight, but I do know this. God does want to work. There's not a service that any of us come to that we come with an exemption card that I'm just here to hold down the chair. I got mine this morning. All right? I don't, I'm just here because my wife needed somebody to drive her. I got mine. Now, tonight, I hope she gets hers. No. We all should come looking forward to receive something from God. But why do some people leave here empty-handed? I know the obvious joke. You're like, well, it's because you're my pastor. Oh, no, it doesn't matter tonight. Oh, God's got something for you. He wants to give you something from his word. He wants to give you something through his spirit. But the question is tonight, are we ready when we get here? That's what he's telling them. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. I went hunting yesterday. Brother Derek took me hunting. And, uh, you know, I hadn't gone hunting in a while. I've, I've talked about that at length. And I have found that when I didn't go hunting, the work was still here when I got back. Uh, and when I did go hunting, the work was still here when I got back. As I said, I'm going hunting. And so Brother Derek and I went hunting. And sure enough, the work was here when I got back. And, yes, I did kill a deer yesterday. Amen. Five years later, killed one. wasn't a huge one, but it was a deer all the same. It'll taste really, really good. When I got into the deer stand yesterday, I had something with me that is vitally important other than my gun, okay? It was my backpack. I carry it with me every time I go hunting. In my backpack, I have just about anything that I can think of that I'm going to need. I have my grunt in there, I have some scents in there, and I have uh, some rattling ants, uh, uh, in there, uh, antlers in there, I have a toboggan in there, some spare bullets in there, and then the most important stuff, beef jerky in there. Slim Jims, at least three every time, all right? They're small, so I need several of them. I had some peppermints in there. I had some water in there. I'm getting everything that I think I'm going to need in that deer stand. Why? Because when that deer walks out, if I need it, it's too late. You can't go, hold still. I'll be right back. It doesn't work that way. Some of you may not have hunted before. It doesn't work that way. You got to be ready before you get there. And that's tonight the first thing I want to show you. That's our approach to worship, okay? Number one, our approach to worship. Watch what Solomon is saying. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. He's talking about approaching the house of God. And he's saying that even before you get there, you need to make sure that you're ready. Now, the phrase is something we don't use a lot in our terminology, keep thy foot. Some of you got excited when we read that. Because you're like, okay, that means that i got to keep my foot back. I don't need to be at worship so much. That is not what he's saying. He's not saying keep your foot away from worship. Here's what he's saying. He's literally telling them that worship is not something you should rush into haphazardly. That when you come to the house of God to worship, this should not be the same attitude that you walk into Piggly Wiggly. All right? When I walk into Piggly Wiggly, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't have a care in the world. I'm not paying attention. I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to walk there and I'm going to get it. And I may walk right past you and not pay a lick of attention because I've got my mind on some sausage or whatever in the world I'm going in there to get. But when I approach worship, I shouldn't do it haphazardly, and yet I should do it by proceeding with caution. That's what he's saying. Now, 
our approach to worship should really be one that reflects the one we're worshiping. When I go to Piggly Wiggly, thank God for the folks that work at Piggly Wiggly, amen? Or if I go down here to Corner Market or Walmart, I'm thankful for those good folks, but there's a difference in coming into their presence and coming into God's presence. When I come to the house of God to worship, hey, look, when I go to Piggly Wiggly, you might even catch me in my Crocs every once in a while. You might with a toboggan on, I mean, totally disguised. I love it when I'm walking around in street clothes and nobody recognizes me. It's great. Just kind of be incognito walking around. Now, look, we're not talking about our dress necessarily, although I'm sure that plays into it, but I want you to hear me out. We're talking about our heart tonight. That we don't just bust stuff into the house of God haphazardly. I'm here to get this over with. No, I'm coming to the very house of God. I'm coming to meet with God. And this is something I don't take lightly. Now, watch the terminology, keep thy foot. How many times have you been somewhere where it says, watch your step? Watch your step. I was in Africa many years ago and uh, was out with some kids playing soccer. And we came up to this big fence uh, there where we were playing soccer and had a sign that says, keep out, watch your step, landmines. I was like, wow, that's something you don't see in South Mississippi. You know, landmines, unless you get around some of you folks, you know, you prepper folks, then you might have landmines in your yard, but uh, it's not something we run across often. He's saying, watch, the steps that we're taking ought to be taken cautiously. We're coming to worship Almighty God. This is not a joke. This is something that should be reverenced. I was reading the other day about the queen. I never met the queen, but she sure seemed like a nice lady. I'm sure she had skeletons in her closet like all of us do, but she seemed like a nice lady, so regal, so uh, professional, so royal, and was reading about the protocols for people who had to meet up with her. If you're going to meet with her, it was custom for men to bow from the neck down, and ladies were to curtsy. I'm not going to show you how to do it because I don't know how, but ladies were to curtsy, and you were not to touch her unless she reached out to touch you. That's protocols. Now, you're thinking, well, you know, she's just another person, but she's royalty, all right? She has certain qualifications as you go to be in her presence. That's an earthly monarch. Here we are. We're just people, right? We're just country folk here, and we walk up, and we shake each other's hand. Some of you are huggers, you know? That caught me off guard the first time. Uh, you just come up and bear hug somebody. I even knew a few folks, they were kissers, and we had to put a, you know, squelch that a little bit. Uh, but you know, you just never know. It's 2023. You just never know. Uh, but we just kind of relaxed around each other. Hey, that's all right. By the way, uh, I think all of us ought to be a little bit more acquainted with each other to begin with. We're part of a family here, right? Uh, and we ought to talk. We ought to shake hands. We shouldn't just beat it out the door. We ought to fellowship one with another. That early book of Acts church, that's what they did. They continued together. They spent time together. They were a family. They relaxed around one another. But can I tell you, when we come in the very presence of God, our approach to worship should be one of reverence. He says here, keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. I remember Exodus chapter 3 when Moses and the Lord are having their encounter. And God says to me in verse 5, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Now, obviously, we're not dealing with the same situation here, but it is the same God. And we should approach God with reverence. Hey, that's why, that's why we have signs on the back of the doors back there. And we don't bring drinks into the sanctuary. Why? Hey, this is not a movie theater. Now, you've got to have some water to wash down your cough every once in a while. Hey, I get that. But understand, we're coming in. This is the sanctuary, God's house. This is not the temple, but this place should be reverenced. That's why I've been talking to our young people about their phones, keeping your phones up. Hey, this is not the time to update your status. Amen? 
Uh, this is a time to be reverenced in the presence of Almighty God. And as we approach the, uh, to the throne of grace in God's presence, that we make sure we approach it reverently before we get here. Keep by foot when thou goest to the house of God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 is a verse we know well. See that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. What is this verse telling us? Not necessarily in making sure that the way you walk is, no, he's talking about the way that we live. We should be mindful of the way that we live, and especially in this area of worship. John 4, 24, I'll give you this, and we'll move on to the second point. You seem to be handling this well. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, notice God is saying, I am outlining for you how you approach me in this area of worship. The Bible says in spirit and in truth. Why can God do that? Because he's God. Because he's God. Folks, when we come to the house of God, we ought to be asking ourselves, am I coming to worship in spirit and truth? Is that why I'm here? You see, that's getting our heart ready before we ever get here. Am I coming to God's house today to worship in spirit and truth? How often have I been convicted by the Holy Spirit of God that my motives have not always been entirely to worship God in spirit and truth when I came there? I think we've all been guilty of that, haven't we? I mean, maybe we get a new set of clothes and we want to come up and, man, I, want to, I got to wear that to church today. I got a new set of clothes. Or maybe we got a new car and we want to drive. Hey, I'm going to drive the car, that car to church today. Hey, that's not our reasons for coming. Our reason for coming to the house of God is to worship God in spirit and truth. So number one tonight, what is our approach to worship? It should be a reverence. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. Our goal should be to leave the service more ready than we came. But we need to make sure we're ready when we get there. You get what I'm saying? You know, somebody, somebody sent uh, a meme or something the other day, and uh, it was this guy sitting back with a smirk on his face, looking at his mom in church, and he said, my mom's over there praising the Lord, and he said, just a few minutes earlier, she's beating me up in the car for back-talking her, you know, and not getting ready on time, and how often is that the case? We come up in the church just five minutes before we walked in that door. We were, we were at a shootout with our spouse in the car. We're chewing on our kids, you know. You should have dressed right, and those don't match in your shoes. Where are your shoes to begin with? And we come in here with a foul spirit. I mean, it was horrible. And it's something about those doors. As soon as you walk through those doors, holiness takes over. That all of a sudden, we went from the Grinch, and we went from a bad attitude and a horrible spirit, and we walk in, and you hear the heavenly angels singing, and the light begins to shine down from above on us. We're, look, we're coming wrong, folks. We wonder why we don't leave with anything. It's because we're not coming with the right attitude and spirit that I am here to worship God in spirit and truth, and I need to keep my foot when thou goest to the house of God. Amen. There's a reason the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians to quench not the spirit. I've been in services before. Oh, my soul, where the spirit was quenched, and I couldn't get out of that pulpit quick enough. Sometimes I've quenched it. Sometimes others have quenched it. Folks, let's not bring anything to the house of God in our approach that's going to quench the spirit. Come with an approach of reverence, number one. Then look down, if you will, give you number two. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. Here comes the and. That means there's something else. And be more ready to what? Hear. Be more ready to hear. So worship should proceed with the preparation. We're preparing our heart. We're not running haphazardly into the worship service. 
Notice worship isn't a ritual. He says, I don't want you just to go through the motions here. And when you come, be more ready to hear. It's amazing. He transitions from our feet to our ears. Make sure your feet are ready, all right? Make sure you're not running into this haphazardly and irreverently. Then he goes to our ears to make sure our ears are ready. And he gives us the second thing, our attitude in worship. What should our attitude be? Well, it's, very, it's spelled out right there for you in black and white. Be more ready to hear. Be more ready to hear. Do you know what that means? It literally means to listen and receive. That I come to the house of God. I should come, watch this, ready. I should come ready. Now look, you may not be ready to go soul winning and you may not be ready to put on the whole armor of God just yet in your walk with God, but the very least thing we can do is to come and be ready to what? To listen and receive what God has for us. Now listen to me, I'm not promoting myself, we're listening to hear from God. All right? It's amazing. Every time I come to church, I get behind this pulpit prepared to preach, and I know what the message is about. All right? Sometimes you probably don't think so, but I do know what the message is about. What I look forward to when I'm preaching is even though I know this message, I have prepared this message, I wrote the outline, I prepared it, and I know exactly what the message is about, I'm amazed at how I hear from God during the preaching. I'm like, well, that wasn't in my notes. God says, I know. You need preaching too. Folks, when we come to the house of God, we should be what? Verse 1, ready, more ready to hear. Here's what Solomon is saying. Our attitude when we come to worship should be one that expects to receive something from God. I'm coming ready to hear something. Do you know how we are with gossip? <laughs> you didn't amen, that means you're guilty. Brother Richard is the only one that's not guilty of gossip. <laughs> Don't you just love hearing some juicy news? Come on now. Come on, be honest. He's watching. Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. Some of you are lying by acting like, what? What is this gossip that you speak of? We'll have an invitation in about nine minutes, okay? Can I tell you, we should look forward to hearing from God ten times as much as we look forward to hearing gossip. Man, we love hearing about what this person's doing. And did you hear what this person is? And I'm not repeating this. It's just a prayer request. Come on now. Come on. And man, we look. Did you hear? I can, Look, some of you, I can see it on your face before you ever tell me. You got a juicy one. I need to tell you. We need to be in prayer about something. I don't know. Do I need to hear this? I don't know if I want to hear this. I see enough on Facebook than to hear anybody else's gossip. And we look forward to hearing. Hey, imagine if we came to the house of God and we were more ready to hear from him. That God's got something for me today. God, by the way, what God's got for you, you need. I went to the mailbox the other day. Walked out there, opened it up. Put it right back in the box. So I'll let Leslie get it. I don't need none of that. She handles our bills. There was nothing in there for me. You know, all this, I'm looking at it. Man, that's for her. That's how we do preaching sometimes. All of a sudden, we'll hear, yeah, yeah, boy, I hope they're listening. And I hope, whoa, yep, you got them between the eyes. No, I should come be more ready to hear. I should come. That I'm listening to what God has for me. Why? Because everything that God puts in my mailbox, I need it. I need it. And by the way, you may not know that you need it, but you ought to take it anyway because you will need it. You know, 
It's kind of like that, that spare tire in the back of your car and that jack and all that. Hey, go ahead and hide it in your heart. You're going to need it sooner or later. But you're not going to get it if you don't come ready to hear. You got to What does he say? He says, be more ready to hear. It's amazing. As a large church we have here, there's plenty of opportunity to serve. I mean, we got folks serving all over the property, even right now. People back there, people up there, people back there in the nursery. And hey, I'm thankful for everybody who serves in a ministry here. And we come ready to serve. That's great. But you ought to be more ready to hear. We're talking to our, our, our leaders the other night, after Sunday night after church. Uh, we're trying to get better rotations on our workers. That way our security is not out all the time. And nursery workers, more people means less time for those people to have to be out. Why? We, we need to come to hear. We need to hear from God. Why? Because God's got everything that we need to live the life pleasing to him that's going to make us ready. But you got to hear. So the Bible says when you come, come ready to hear. James 1.19, you know this well. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. That first thing, be swift to hear. Oh, my goodness. In my life, I have always been one who's been swift to speak and slow to hear. I don't know how many times my wife has uttered the phrase in a nice, kind, loving, compassionate way. Are you listening to me? You say, what? <laughs> Why? Because my mind is already thinking of how I'm going to respond to what she said first. I'm missing what she said next. And sometimes we come to the house of God that way. We're already thinking about what we're going to do next rather than what God wants to say now. God's got something for us tonight. I don't know what he wants to say to you tonight. may not have anything to do with what we're preaching on. But if you'll listen, the Holy Spirit has something to say. Here's, my prob- here's our problem. We walk out those doors oftentimes empty-handed because we did not come ready to hear. We weren't ready to hear. We had no plans on listening or receiving anything that goes against what we like and what we desire. I'll give you some examples right quick. Romans 10, 17, the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Do you know how I got saved? Heard the word of God. I'm so thankful the night that I got saved, I heard the word of God preached. The very first time that I remember being convicted about my sin and the need for a savior came from hearing the word of God. By the way, that's why we need to make sure we're not being a distraction in the service. Why? Because people need to hear. And by the way, you're looking at one of the people who needs to hear. And if you look in the mirror when you get home, you'll see somebody else who needs to hear. That's why we come to the house of God. I've got to be ready to hear, make sure I'm not a distraction because it's through the hearing. Hey, that's how I got saved. We find deliverance through hearing. Oh, how many people have been delivered not only from their sin, but delivered from the trials and strife by hearing something that was preached out of the word of God. That's why we've got to come ready to hear. We're tuned in. Uh, number two, I'll give you another verse right quick out on this. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So watch. I got deliverance through hearing the Word of God, but then I find direction through hearing the Word of God. You ever need direction? You ever just had to hear from God? You ever just had to hear from God? God, I'm trying to figure out what you want me to do in my life. I'm trying to figure out what your will is for my life. Uh, God, I'm raising a teenager in 2023. I need to hear from you. I need to know exactly how you want me to do this, and I know you put it in your word, but I come to your house, and I come ready to hear. I'm listening for what you want to say to me about the direction for my life. The good news is the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they what? They follow. 
Oh my goodness, we can leave here tonight knowing the direction that God has for us if we're just willing to come ready to hear. One of my favorite accounts in Scripture, next to Samuel is probably Joseph. I was reading through Joseph's account the other day in our Bible reading, and I read more than I was allotted to that day because I love the big reveal of Joseph when Joseph reveals to his brother. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I knew it was going to happen, okay? I've read it many times, but I love it when Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. It's just a wonderful account. And probably one of my second favorite is, is Samuel. When God calls young Samuel, he's laying there in bed and God speaks to him and he wakes up. He says, what was that? You ever been that way? Runs into Eli. Okay, I think I heard something. Not sure. All right, go back to bed. A few minutes later, you know the story. Here's from God. Go back to bed. And finally, what did he tell him? I'm going to read it to you. 1 Samuel 3.10, the Bible says, the Lord came and stood and called as other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, here's the advice that the counsel Eli gave him, speak for thy servant heareth. Speak for thy servant heareth. You know what that is? That's discernment. Speak for thy servant heareth. So Eli told Samuel, hey, go back to bed, and this time you listen, and you listen good. And when you hear it again, say, Lord, speak for thy servant heareth. And then God began to lay out his plan for his life. It's amazing what you could hear if you came ready to hear. That I want to hear from God what he has for my life. I believe tonight our attitude in worship should be, hey, I'm coming to hear from God. And whatever I hear from God is something that I need. Before I give you the third one, I think about in my own personal life, Brother Travis and I were talking about um, the road to readiness and uh, what has gotten me ready in my life and the steps of readiness in my life. On Wednesday nights, we're having a great time, my opinion, uh, as we look through Scripture, following people who were made ready. And think about my life. How many times I came to church was not expecting to hear from God, but heard from Him anyway. The night that I got saved, the first night that I heard uh, the, the gospel preached to where it pierced deep within my heart, I wasn't expecting that. I was a kid. The night that I surrendered to preach, I had no desire to hear the call to preach, to be honest with you, but I heard it. I heard it. And you ever wonder when you come to the house of God, what God has prepared for you that day? Look, if you're saved, God Almighty is your heavenly Father. Now you think about this. This is, this is amazing. He knows where you're hurting. He knows where you're afraid. He knows where you have questions. He knows. Maybe things you would not even share with your own spouse. Doubts, fears, concerns, he knows. You know, the Bible gives the illustration of an earthly dad giving good things to our children. I love giving things to my daughter. My wife gets on to me all the time. All the time. In a good way. Man, I love doing good things for her. And I think about my father who knows how to give things that not only are good for me, but are things that I need. And God looks into your heart. He sees the void. He sees the question mark. He sees the wound. And he says, I'm going to prepare you something. I'm going to give you something. And when we come to the house of God and nobody else knows, I can't see your question marks. I can't see your voids. I can't see your wounds. But God can. And when we come ready to hear, all of a sudden we're sitting here and we're thinking, nothing else you said made sense. But there was this one thing that the Holy Spirit said 
And it filled that void, answered that question mark, or healed that wound. But how many times have we come to church not ready to hear? And missed it. We came to get out. You know what? We got this card we got to check. And my kids are going to look at my card. And they're going to know we stayed home watching the AFC championship game tonight. So we're going to DVR it so I can check that box. Oh, man, you're missing it. You're not coming to get out. You ought to be coming ready to hear. Because God's got something to say. I may not have as much to say as the Lord does, but I promise you what the Lord has to say is what you need. And it's what you're looking for. And we're going to come not ready to hear. We're going to walk out and we're going to miss exactly what God had for us. Can I encourage you this before I give you the last point, and it's the shortest. Don't come ready to hear and ready to listen to critique. Come to listen to hear to consider. I have to be honest with you. There have been times I've gone and, and heard people preach, heard preachers preach, and that old flesh is there. That old man is there. Every once in a while, he wakes up. You'll sit back there and you'll start critiquing. Well, you quoted that wrong, and I'm not sure if you got that in context. And we are listening, but we're not listening to consider. We're listening to critique. All the while, it's a smokescreen of the devil to distract you from hearing what God wanted for you. Can I just go ahead and tell you? I'm going to make mistakes. Some of you, I'm sure you got a list of them already. Quoted that one wrong, went too fast, went too long, all this. I have heard all of the twos of my preaching. Amen. Too long, too long. I had somebody come to church one time in, in Louisiana and visit with them for a while. And then after a while, they just quit coming. And I said, uh, I went and visited them and said, hey, I just want to check in on you. You know, I'm not trying to proselyte. I just want to make sure everything's good. And it says, well, you repeated yourself too many times. Okay. I've heard that I was too loud, that I went too long, and I talked too fast. All those twos. I couldn't help but wonder what they missed by rather than considering the Word of God, choosing to critique the Word of God. All right? If you need any other evidence that I'm a human, just talk to my wife. She'll fill you in. I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. But regardless of the messenger, the message is still it's powerful because it's coming from the very Word of God. So number two, tonight, our attitude should be I'm ready to hear. I'm coming to get something. I promise you, you'll get something if you come looking for it. And finally, he gives us a contrast real quick. He says, be more ready to hear, all right, than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. He clarifies a little bit more in detail, verse 2, what that is. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty. Here's what he's saying, and boy, we could spend a lot of time on this, but it's already past our time. He gives us here our third thing, which is an admonition. An admonition. He challenges them here in, in the latter part of verse 1 and then verse 2 about the motivation for their coming. He says, when you come, listen, I want you to come with the right approach. You're coming ready already to make sure you're coming to worship in spirit and truth and in reverence to Almighty God. But then as you come, be sure you come with the right attitude. I'm coming to get something from God. But then he gives us the admonition. The admonition is very simple. He says, when you come... Don't come with hollow words that are mechanical and going through the motions. You keep reading, he goes on talking about a vow in verse number four, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. He's saying don't just speak words and go through the motions, and how often is that the case here on the Bible Belt? 
We come to worship and we go through the motions and we say the right things. But the truth of the matter is, oftentimes, we're like Jesus said in Matthew 15, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He says it's hollow. It's mechanical. You're going through the motions. You're saying the right things. But what you're saying is not backed up. It's kind of the same problem the Pharisees had. They were hollow. The admonition was, be careful coming into your worship with these hollow words. What is the theme of Ecclesiastes? Well, it's kind of easy. You look through it, you find the word vanity over and over again. The root word of the word vanity is the word vain. Vain repetitions. We're saying it, and yes, the people hear us say the right things at the right times. But the question is, it's hollow. We're going through the motions of worship. And that's why we don't have the power of God on us the way we could have Because a lot of times we're just all talk. The Bible's clear on that. Proverbs 14, in all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. That means poverty. When it's just talk, it leads to poverty. Paul Kettle. Our kids are like, who? I love Paul Kettle. Mom, Paul Kettle, good, clean entertainment. Paul Kettle's going to fix that fence, isn't he? I'm going to get around to it one of these days. Usually he would get his uh, buddies to do it or get the kids to do it. He just never got around to it. Somebody gave me one of those uh, axles, grandfather, I believe it was, gave me a a round to it. You ever seen those? That's another thing that's probably generational. It's a little wood thing. It's got the word to it on it. We always say, I'm going to get around to it. I'm going to get around to it. Well, he gave me a round to it, so I have no excuse not to do the things I need to do. That's the way it is when we come to worship a lot. A lot of talk, but it's hollow. The Bible says that talk of the lips tendeth only to poverty, penury, or poverty. I don't want to be an unprofitable servant. I want to be profitable. The Bible says in all labor, there's profit. But the talk of my lips, that's just going to lead to poverty. Do you know why I believe, can I just be honest, try to be honest but kind, why our families are in poverty, and I'm not talking about groceries, spiritual poverty, why we're spiritually impoverished our kids are impoverished basically poor spiritually poor do you know why i believe because we talk a really good game but we don't back it up we come to worship we talk a good game we say the right things we sing the right songs i mean we 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 say everything that's right he says here that's the sacrifice of fools be not rash with thy mouth that's why he says hey be ready to hear not necessarily to speak the day I took Leslie to the Gold Post, and uh, I love to get their gumbo there at the Gold Post. She loves their um, cheese sticks there at the Gold Post. And uh, she will eat four, and I always eat the fifth one, which is kind of what we do. And uh, I'm thankful for that, to have a wife who shares the cheese sticks with me. I remember I picked up that cheese stick. Oh, man, they're good. That cheese is so gooey on the inside, and it was still a little bit warm. It smelled good. It was golden brown, and I took a bite of it. It was hollow. All the cheese had cooked out of it. You go from level 10 excitement to minus 10 disappointment that my cheese stick was hollow. And somewhere in all of that grease was my cheese floating around. I wanted to walk up there and ask them for a refund on that one cheese stick. Could I exchange this one for one who has something in it? Why? Because, man, that was just disappointing. It looked like a cheese stick. It smelt like a cheese stick, but it was hollow. 
It's hollow. I don't want our worship to be hollow. Our, our worship, listen, if we're going to be ready for worship this year and ready in our worship, we can't be hollow. Listen, we've got to back up what we say or not say it at all. Just come, open up those ears. Let's let, let our ears, hey, I got, I got larger ears, and so they work better as funnels. Let's let our ears be funnels to just funnel the Word of God into our minds, down to our heart. Why? Because we'd all do better to hear than to speak. It's a whole lot better to hear the Word of God and receive it than for us to speak hollow words. What does he say? Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. What should our approach be to worship? Number one, let's be ready in our worship as we approach in reference. I got to be ready. I can't just walk in here with my heart not where it needs to be. I can't walk in here except for any other motive but spirit and truth. Then what should our attitude be? Our attitude, I want to be swift to hear. Swift to hear. And what should our admonition be? That when I come to the house of God, that I'm not just going to come and go through the motions of hollow, empty, mechanical religion. I'm going to come to better my relationship with God. And I'm going to come to his presence, and no matter what anybody else gets anything out of it, I'm leaving with something. I'm going home with something. Why? Because my father's prepared something for me. So tonight, as we move forward in this new year, let's make sure that we have the right mindset in worship. That when we come to church, that's why we come, that's what we're looking for, and that's what we're going to be about. Why? Because when we come here, we have a better chance of getting what we need to be ready. Our heads are bowed tonight, eyes closed.